Good morning. Welcome to our service this morning. What a beautiful day the Lord has given to us. We'll begin with him 449 in the blue hymnals. To God be the glory. Great things he hath done. And uh, one of the greatest things we can glorify him for. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. 449. To God be the glory. Let's go ahead and stand please as we sing him 449. stands of him 449 we'll start it off just a little bit slower and then we'll pick it up as we get closer to the chorus let's think about that on the second stanza of the words Thank you for your singing. You may be seated. 
All right, I want to welcome all of you to uh, the services this morning. We're glad that you can be here in the house of God. And we're going to begin our service today reading the Word of God, Daniel chapter 8 today. Daniel chapter 8, we'll read the, this chapter together. We'll begin, uh, I'll read uh, with the odd-numbered verses. Congregation, I'll read the second and even-numbered verses. Let's stand as we read God's word together. Daniel 8. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me, Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first. And I saw it in the vision, and it came to pass when I saw that I was at Shushan in the palace which is in the province of Elam. And I saw it in the vision when I was by the river of Elam. Then I lifted up mine eyes and saw, and behold, there stood before the river a ram which had two horns. And the two horns were high. But one was higher than the other, and the higher came up last. And I saw the ram pushing westward, and northward, and southward, so that no beast might stand before him. Neither was there any that could deliver out of his hand. But he did according to his will, and became great. And, I was, and as I was considering, behold, an he-goat came from the west on the face of the whole earth, and touched not the ground, and the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. And he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing before the river, and ran unto him in the fury of his power. And I saw him come close unto the ram, and he was moved with choler against him, and smote the ram, and brake his two horns, and there was no power in the ram to stand before him. But he cast him down to the ground and stamped upon him, and there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. Therefore the ego waxed very great, and when he was strong, the great horn was broken, and for it came up four notable ones for the four winds of heaven. And out of, out of them came forth a little horn, which waxed exceeding great, toward the south, and toward the east, and toward the pleasant land. And it waxed great even to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the host, and of the stars to the ground, and stamped upon them. Yea, he magnified himself even to the prince of the host, and, and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. And then the host was given him, and as the daily sacrifice, by reason of transgression, and it cast down the truth to the ground, and they practiced and prospered. 
Then I heard one saint speaking to another saint, said unto that certain saint which spake, How long shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden underfoot? And he said unto me, Unto two thousand and three hundred days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. And it came to pass, when I, even I, Daniel, had seen the vision and sought for the meaning, then behold, there stood before me as the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of the eye, which called and said, So he came near where I stood, and when he came, I was afraid, and fell upon my face. But he said unto me, Understand, O son of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision. Now as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep on my face toward the ground. But he touched me and set me upright. And he said, Behold, I will make thee know what shall be in the last end, of the indignation, for at the time appointed, the end shall be. And the rough goat is the king of Grecia, and the great horn that is between his eyes is the first king. In the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding, dark sentences, shall stand up. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper and practice, and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. And he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of peace, the prince of peace, and but he shall be broken without hand. And the vision of the evening and the morning, which was told, is true. Wherefore shut thou up the vision, for it shall be for many days. And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick certain days. Afterward, I rose up and did the king's business, and I was astonished at the vision, but none understood it. May God bless the reading of the word of God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the word of God, the revelation to man, the necessity, Lord, for man to understand your ways, to understand who you are, to understand the right way in life, Lord, to understand the plan of salvation, to understand that which is true and that which is false. We thank you, Lord, for the word of God you've given, even this great uh, chapter in the Bible, that, Lord, that tells us so many things that we need to know in this hour and in this day. And I pray that, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will take truth and uh, 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 put it in hearts and minds that uh, uh, will be strength to them and understanding in the days in which we live and in the days to come. And Lord, 
We do want to thank you for the Lord Jesus. Thank you he died on the cross for us. Thank you he rose from the dead. Thank you that he's a living Savior. Thank you for the wonderful gift of salvation. Thank you it's a free gift. Lord, thank you it's by grace. And Lord, thank you that it's real. And being born again is real. And Lord, the great, great miracle of being born into the family of God and having a new life. Lord, we can never, uh, we can never say enough of how great it is to be saved and to know you. And Lord, we thank you for your mercy uh, towards us, how you worked in our lives. And we thank you that, Lord, that you uh, uh, continue that work until the day of Jesus Christ. And that, uh, Lord, that work is um, of your spirit in our life goes on and on. And thank you that, Lord, that uh, you're causing the light to shine brighter and brighter in our lives. Help us, Lord, not to lose sight of the fact that always, always, we're to be going ahead spiritually, uh, seeking to be more conformed to the image of Christ, to be changed, Lord, uh, Lord, more into uh, that which would glorify you. And Lord, uh, pray that God's people would be helped today, uh, instructed, inspired, challenged, where we need to be convicted. Uh, may it be so. May your Holy Spirit be present here today. Lord, be with those, uh, um, uh, Lord, who are not able to be here uh, because of special needs. Pray for Gary. Lord, thank you that he made it to back home. Pray you put your, continue to put your hand upon him, Lord, and, and uh, pray for the costriches in this time uh, of, uh, of, of Chris's uh, um, home going, Lord, and just watch over them, Lord. And we uh, pray for others who, who are not able to be here, wish they could be. I pray that, God, that you'd minister to their hearts, especially as they are listening to live stream. May the word of God uh, be a help uh, to them. May it be quick and powerful. And, Lord, we do pray, uh, Lord, for um, our missionaries. Thank you for safety that you have given them in so many ways in life. Pray that you would encourage them, bless their churches, Lord, with, with men that will take leadership with more souls. Uh, pray, Lord, that you will be with Jesse Bucher there in Spain, helping to rise up to the occasion. Lord, as he teaches the word of God, may he lean upon you. May it be true, Lord, that, that uh, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And we pray, Lord, specifically for Brother uh, Forrester and Navajo land, we pray for five men to come to Christ this year. And now, Lord, we pray for this ministry. We're praying for that next soul to come to you. We know only you can do it, Lord. And uh, you're the God of the impossible. With men, it's not possible. But, Lord, with you, it is possible. We're praying for those five families. Lord, new families that want to raise their children for God. Lord, in this day and age, only you can do that. We're asking you to answer prayer, to show yourself great, to glorify your name. And we pray even today for that next soul might right, even be right here in this church, Lord, someone that needs to be saved. And I pray you'd work in their heart. Lord, overcome, give them overcoming 
uh, understanding of the truth of the lie of the devil and uh, to, to see their sin and to see the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, now we pray for our country. Lord, we fear our country is under judgment because of its evil agenda and uh, the perversion that it has promoted in every branch of its auspices, Lord, and even all over the world through the State Department. Lord, um, would there be, Lord, a turning to you among the masses of people who are in who are just, Lord, not really understanding, but recognizing something's wrong, might they turn to you? Lord, we know politicians aren't going to be able to solve the problem. Lord, they're just a reflection of our broken culture. We need you, Lord. And we pray, Lord, for many right in this own, our own town, Lord, to turn to you. Even we thank you for those who are trying to stand for conservatism, but may they realize there's something more than that that we need. We need a turning to you. And might many of those people get saved, Lord, and find the real answer. And now, Lord, uh, pray that you would bless this service, Lord, and uh, bless the people of God. Encourage them. May your Holy Spirit speak to our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.
We take your blue hymnals once again, turn to 468. Hymn 468, I will sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me, 468. stanzas without the chorus, then we'll sing it once again on the last. I was bruised, but Jesus healed me. regular choir practices this evening because of uh, 5.30 Lord's Supper and our 6.30 regular evening service, though. We'd love to have you back with us for that uh, time tonight. Um, this uh, coming Saturday and throughout the month of March here, we're going to have some outreach times in preparation for Easter, and so that's at 10.30, and uh, we'll just be going out and inviting folks to our Easter services and uh, just uh, seeking to talk to, the, talk to them about the Lord. So if you're able to come, we'd love to have you join us on Saturdays uh, throughout March for that. 
Um, we have a couple things coming up here in the month of March I want to highlight. March 16th is our next men's breakfast, and we have a father-son emphasis for that breakfast, so we'd love to have fathers come with their sons, and so that should be a great time. I encourage you to be inviting and getting folks out for that men's breakfast on March 16th. And then at the end of the month, leading up to Easter Resurrection Sunday, we have some special meetings with uh, Pastor Billy Ingram. He'll be preaching Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's March 27th through the 29th. And he'll be uh, speaking in each of those services. I encourage you not to miss those days. And I know the Lord wants to use those, and I think you'll be blessed through the preaching of God's Word. Those services are at 6.30, and then of course, all day Sunday, March 31st, is Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, and uh, we're looking forward to that great, great day to celebrate uh, a risen Savior, and a great day to be in God's house. So we have uh, some great things coming up here in the month of March. I encourage you to put on your calendar and plan to join us for those things. At this time, Mike is coming for a special award. All right, well, it's a blessing to have uh, another five weeks of faithful attendance to church and riding the bus to church and uh, continuing to pray for that ministry that God would bring more to church and Sunday school and learning the Word of God through that ministry. And at this time, I'd like Carmelo Avela to come on up in recognition of five weeks of faithful Sunday school and church attendance. And we have a, we have a Bible after five weeks of faithful Sunday school attendance. So you can come on up, Carmelo. Let's get, we're looking forward to getting some more Bibles out to young people as they continue to come to church. So keep praying. Amen. Please, uh, we're going to sing the doxology at this time. If you need the words, they're in the front inside cover of the blue hymnal. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Let's stand, please, as we sing. together. Our Father, this morning we counted a tremendous privilege that we can worship together before a holy God. And yet in many ways we lack the holiness which only comes through Jesus Christ our Savior. Lord, I pray today that the Holy Spirit of God in a powerful way would use the words of our pastor this morning. They would sweep across our hearts as saved people to Stir us up to revival. I pray for that one that has not yet received the good news of the gospel, that today would be their day of salvation. Mm -hmm. 
Lord, as we give today, might we give out of hearts of gratitude. You've been very gracious to us. We're very thankful as we give. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to him 315, and as you do so, the young people, third grade and below, may be dismissed to Children's Church. Him 315, into the heart of Jesus, deeper and deeper I go, seeking to know the reason why he should love me so. Him 315.
stand, please. We'll sing that last stanza. I hope you'll really sing it out with thankful hearts for all that Christ has done for us on the last. Into the love of Thou art, 
how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart? Then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, My God, how great Thou art! Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Amen. Daniel chapter 8 in your Bible. The book of Daniel gives us great insight into the hour in which we live as we see um, the revelation of God as to the direction of uh, things in the future. And uh, it is profitable for us as we see um, uh, that direction taking place right now in the world in which we live and reminds us that the end is near. The end of this world as we know it and the return of Christ and the rapture and then, of course, Christ setting up his kingdom on this earth and we ruling and reigning with him on this earth. Here we have another uh, revelation given to Daniel there in Babylon. Of course, this is uh, um, taking place four centuries before Christ has come. And today we are going to... um, In chapter 8, we're looking at um, two events. Uh, We're looking at uh, an event that takes place um, from 167 B.C. to 160 B.C. And that event is a foreshadow of an event that will take place in the last half of the tribulation period, which is yet to come. And uh, as in the last chapter, the Bible tells us that um, um, uh, the severity 
the ugliness, the horribleness of, of the events that are described, given to Daniel in this revelation, were such that he was sick for many days afterwards, uh, just uh, having come to understand what was going to happen to the Jewish people, and not too many days hence, actually, a few hundred years later. But uh, um, certainly these events uh, ought to be of great concern to us as we think about what the Bible says is going to take place on this earth in the days ahead. And so as we look at this passage of Scripture, first of all, we have a dream of Daniel. And this, this dream is figurative. It's a, uh, um, a, a figurative dream uh, that represents uh, events that are going to take place on this earth. And uh, <clears throat> we have in this uh, uh, dream, we have a ram. And we... Um, have uh, a, uh, a goat, these two animals representing uh, two kingdoms that were yet to take place, had not taken place yet in Daniel's life. They were uh, futuristic. Now, uh, <clears throat> if you understand the book of Daniel, you know why the liberals hate the book of Daniel. Because the book of Daniel gives us in, in specific detail prophetic events that are going to take place hundreds of years after Daniel and have literally been fulfilled and taken place. And of course, the people who, who uh, try to uh, say that the Bible isn't the word of God are going to say, Daniel didn't really write the book of Daniel. And uh, because Daniel uh, couldn't have written this book, uh, these, these prophecies, etc. Well, Daniel did write them. They were given to him by God. And, um, of course, those who don't believe the Bible, they don't want to uh, admit that uh, uh, this was really a book written by Daniel. But, so we have... Uh, Two nations fit here in figurative terms. One nation is uh, uh, figured as a ram. And the Bible says it has uh, two horns. One horn is bigger than the other. And this is speaking of the coming Medo-Persian Empire that's going to defeat Babylon. And one horn is longer than the other. Horn means that one of... Uh, uh, the, those two nations was stronger than the other. The Bible tells us the latter of the two was stronger than the previous. And they stand and defeat um, uh, the uh, nation of Babylon. But that uh, ram is followed by another animal, uh, a goat. And uh, this is representing the Greek uh, kingdom that uh, defeats and uh, the worldwide empire of the Persian uh, nation. 
And so uh, we have that in verse 5. A he-goat came from the west. Now Greece is west of Persia. On the face of the whole earth and touched not the ground. That's a figure of the fact that this was, took place uh, uh, very fast. Traveled at a great speed. And uh, the Grecian Empire uh, spread throughout the whole known world at that time, a very rapid pace. And the Bible tells us that uh, um, the, uh, the, the goat broke the two horns and uh, they uh, cast them down to the ground, stamped them, wiped them out. And there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. Verse 8, therefore the he-goat waxed very great. And when he was strong, the great horn was broken. So the Alexander the Great was the great king of Greece as a young man, 30 years of age. He's the great general, led the nation and led it to conquer the whole uh, known world. I, I think if I understand it correctly, it, it, he conquered India, uh, wasn't able to conquer Afghanistan. But uh, um, at 30, uh, he became general at 33. He had conquered all the known world at that time, the uh, great Grecian Empire, and uh, uh, spread throughout the world. And the Bible says, uh, when it waxed great, he, when he was strong, the great horn was broken. And 333 B.C., 300, was it 330 B.C., um, Alexander the Great died as a young man. And uh, they say he died of, of complications of drinking himself to death. He had conquered the world. There's nothing more to conquer. And the Bible tells us and history tells us that uh, um, and it came up and for it came up four notable ones toward the four winds of heaven. Alexander's four great generals. Uh, the kingdom was divided into his four great generals. And uh, there's the king of the north, um, the Seleucids, and there was the king of the south, the Ptolemies, and there's the king of, uh, of, the, of the east, etc. And uh, the Bible tells us that these four um, For these four uh, generals, verse 9, and out of one of them came forth a little horn, which waxed exceeding great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the pleasant land. And it waxed great even to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the host and of the stars to the ground, and stamped upon them. And he magnified himself even to the prince of the host, 
And by him, the daily sacrifice was taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was taken down. And a host was given to his against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression, and it cast down the truth to the ground, and it practiced and prospered. Now, <clears throat> history tells us that um, one of the last kings of the Greek empire, of the four generals and their realms, the king of the north, king of the Seleucids, in the last uh, phase of that kingdom before the Roman Empire rose up and defeated the Grecians. Um, there's a king by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes, the fourth. Very uh, famous man. He uh, defeated the Ptolemies in Egypt. And the Bible tells us that uh, he was in control of the pleasant land of Israel. And as the, as control of the, uh, the, the uh, of Israel, um, he uh, instituted what is known as the uh, Hellenization of the Jewish people. He decided that uh, he was going to wipe out the Jewish culture, the Jewish customs, the Jewish religion, and he was, uh, the phrase was he was going to Hellenize them. He was going to make them think like Greeks. And Daniel is talking about uh, this process of, uh, of, uh, of, of this, this man who's going to come to power about 300 years later after the time of Daniel and what he is going to do. And the Bible tells us that uh, a number of different things here, and we'll, we'll uh, talk about it in two different aspects. It tells us that uh, uh, he is going to um, cast down some of the host of the stars to the ground. He's going to wage a warfare against heaven. And uh, he is going to... Um, in a sense, win, remember this is figurative language, he's going to win a battle uh, against the, the powers of God uh, in his pursuit of power. And uh, he is going to stamp on them. He's going to try to wipe them out. And that's exactly what Antiochus Epiphanes tried to do. He tried to wipe out the Jewish people at least their Jewish culture and their Jewish customs. Now, <clears throat> um, verse 12, And a host was given unto him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression. Antiochus Epiphanes, in his pursuit against wiping out Judaism and the Jewish religion and God, took a pig, went into the temple at Jerusalem, 
and sacrifice the pig on the altar of God in the temple and sacrifice that that to pig unto um, the, the Greek god Zeus. And from that time on, he eliminated all the Jewish sacrifices. He um, um, prevented the Jewish people uh, from circumcising their children. Um, he, prevent, he burned copies of the Bible and uh, uh, imprisoned or even killed people who read the Bible or had a Bible. And um, he sought to change the whole culture of the Jewish people to pagan thinking. It says he cast down the truth to the ground, and he prospered. Um, in fact, uh, he almost was successful. Um, uh, priests, the Jewish priest, uh, caved into the political pressure and uh, 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 were... Um, bringing paganism into the Jewish religion. He got uh, the Jewish leaders to get on board. <clears throat> Epiphanes, to show the extent of what he was doing, he built the gymnasium in Jerusalem. And there, the priests um, performed wrestling matches. Can you imagine the priests performing wrestling matches in this gymnasium? Now, but you have to understand something. The word gymnasium comes from the Greek word gumnos. And the Greek word gumnos means naked. And if you know anything about the uh, Greek Olympic Games, um, they performed the Olympics naked. And so can you imagine Jewish priests naked, wrestling, um, sports, uh, in this uh, gymnasium in Jerusalem? Everything is 100% against what is right. <clears throat> and the Bible says, uh, and it says, verse 14, and he said to me, how long is this going to be? Under 2,300 days, there the sanct and then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. Now, <clears throat> the... Uh, sacrifice and the Jewish uh, sacrifice was um, and the temple was polluted for these 2,300 days until a little small band of Jewish people little small Jewish army defeated 
the greatest army on earth at that time, the Greek army. The priesthood had, I'm just giving you historical details, the priesthood had become so defiled that, uh, and had all compromised, as far as I understand, but there was one priest who said no. One priest and his sons said no. We will not stand for this. Down to one uh, uh, family, Matthias Maccabeus, and a priest was in the process of going to take a pig and offer it on the, sat on the altar, and um, Judas Maccabeus, his son, um, went and killed him and started the revolt against the mighty Greek empire. And you can read about it in the Apocrypha, the book of First and Second Maccabees, about uh, this war and how this little tiny, tiny, tiny army that soon began to gather together. First of all, it was just Judas Maccabeus and his brothers. And then others took courage and uh, stood against the Greek army. They won victories. And uh, make a long story short, defeated the Greek army. And um, in um, 19, uh, 160 B.C., about that time, uh, the temple was cleansed and uh, the proper sacrifice uh, was, was reinstituted in the temple. Now, um, <clears throat> As we look at this passage of scripture, uh, we see some important things about all of this. Verse 17, he says, uh, God gives him understanding as to this vision that he has seen. Understand, O son of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision. The time of the end. And it... Uh, uh, also, it uh, um, gives us this, uh, this, this understanding of, uh, of what is going to uh, place verse 19. He said, Behold, I will make thee know what shall be in the last end of the indignation, for at the time appointed the end shall be. So we have two, two issues here. One is we have a vision of what is going to take place in the end of the Grecian Empire. And that is going to foreshadow the end of 
time before God sets up his kingdom on this earth. It's going to be the end of the, Pers- the Greek Empire. And that will be a foreshadow of the end of the indignation, the times of the Gentiles and their indignation against the Jews and the Jewish nation at the end of the tribulation period. So that's important to understand that. We have a literal event of history that foreshadows um, a different person at a different time of the last uh, uh, phase of the Gentile time on this earth. So, um, two events. God is revealing to Daniel the horrible atrocities and the wickedness of this coming king of the Greek Empire, Antiochus Epiphanes. Now, you think about it. When Antiochus Epiphanes got in rule, became um, and took over and did all these things, why didn't the people go to the Bible? Why didn't they go to the Bible? Why didn't they go to their Bible and know exactly what God says was going to happen? Why did they um, cave in to uh, Antiochus Epiphanes? Why did they give in? Why did they abandon the truth? Why did they abandon their, the, their Jewish culture? Why did they abandon tr- what is right and wrong? Why did they, the, the, the leaders of Judaism uh, uh, succumb? Why didn't they stand up? That's a good question, isn't it? That's a good question for today. It tells us about the nature of man, doesn't it? <laughs> and that's something that's uh, very important to think about. And so he explains in the last of the chapter what I've explained. <clears throat> How the ram was Medo-Persia, verse 20, verse 21. The goat is Grecia, verse 22. Uh, uh, the head the, of Greece being broken, four stood up for four kingdoms, but not in his power. These generals were, weren't as strong as Alexander the Great. In the latter time of their kingdom, um, when the transgressions are come to full, this is the end of the Greek empire, a king of fierce countenance and understanding, dark sentences shall stand up. That's, that, that is Antiochus Epiphanes. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He will be empowered by Satan. He'll be empowered by Satan. Now you don't, you know I'm going to say something political once in a while. But I have to admit, when under President Clinton, when you had all the big list of everybody who was accidentally committed suicide, 
or is killed. And uh, there's a pretty big list. And I thought to myself, you know what? Nobody could get away with something like this if it wasn't that Satan is behind it. And the Bible tells us that Antiochus Epiphanes, the power behind him was Satan. Just like Satan in Ezekiel chapter 28 uh, uh, was behind the, the king of Tyre. Just as uh, Daniel tells us later on that the devil was behind the king of Persia, etc. And uh, <clears throat> it reminds us of Revelation 13 that tells us the Antichrist, um, he, he is empowered, the coming Antichrist is empowered by Satan himself. <clears throat> and uh, um, Revelation 13 and verse 2. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave unto him his power, and his seat, and his authority. <clears throat> now remember, Antiochus Epiphanes is foreshadowing this. The Bible says uh, uh, here, verse 24, And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy um, the holy people. And through his policy, he shall cause craft to prosper in his hands. And he shall magnify himself in his heart and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. And here we have a foreshadow of revelation, I think, that's something important for us to understand, of Antiochus Epiphanes uh, being a foreshadow of the Antichrist. We've always mentioned his power. Revelation 13 tells us that uh, he's empowered by the devil. 1 John uh, chapter 2 tells us this Antichrist is, this man is called the Antichrist. He comes um, against Christ. That's what the word anti means. He is against Christ. And uh, um, that uh, um, he, he, Matthew 24 tells us he, he pretends to be Christ. Now it's interesting, from a visual standpoint, here was Christ, from a visual standpoint, he was a man on the outward, but he was really the God-man, empowered by God, divine power. Here's the Antichrist. He is a man on the outward and has supernatural power behind him. And mankind can't tell the difference. They can't tell the difference between a man with supernatural power of the devil behind him versus 
a man, Jesus Christ, who had supernatural power behind him or in him. The world can't tell the difference. But this Antichrist will be empowered by Satan. And uh, the Bible tells us, turn with me to 2 Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse nine. Here we find the um, the work of uh, Antichrist. It says uh, in this passage, he's called the man of sin. Interesting. Verse nine: Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they love not the truth. So, there's going to be a warfare, and this warfare is going to be against Jesus Christ. And in um, Second uh, Thessalonians, verse 4, it tells us that this man opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or is his worship, and so that he as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, there's the same principle. Defiles the temple, sets up his image in the temple uh, at the end of the middle of the tribulation. Now, the Bible says he comes by peace. Daniel 9 tells us that the Antichrist, we'll get there next week. Um, the Antichrist comes, is revealed by the fact that he signs a covenant, a peace treaty with Israel for seven years. Now, just think about today. Um, just think of Israel today. All the nations of the world are against Israel. They have all these resolutions of the United Nations, and the only one that's standing against uh, these resolutions, the only vote, nation that votes against it, the Security Council, of course, is the United States. And you have this huge block of Arab nations, and uh, this huge block of other nations. Um, and the world is turning against Israel. And if the world could, they would wipe them out. And uh, <clears throat> it's interesting as you think about uh, all of this. But uh, the Antichrist is going to come on the scene, he's going to be a leader of the West. And he's going to say, okay, we'll work this out. And all the nations signed this treaty, uh, a seven-year treaty with Israel, that Israel can live in peace. And you know, <clears throat> you have to understand something. Let's see, how far is Madison from here? How, how far from Milwaukee to Madison? About 50 miles, right? Okay. Well, Israel is about 50 miles wide. 
and is surrounded by nations all along its borders that are all sworn to its destruction. So let's just say that uh, Madison, they had uh, 20,000 rockets aimed at this territory between here and Milwaukee, trying to, uh, and at any time, your house could be hit by a rocket. Nice, comfortable, safe feeling, isn't it? And yet, um, that's what uh, the West wants Israel to live under. That fear of being killed at any moment by their enemies. You know, by the way, it was the West that decided to have Israel abandon Gaza uh, and give it to the, to the Palestinians. What a mistake. What a huge mistake. The West doesn't have any, they don't really um, care about Israel. A lot of the um, power brokers. But anyway, won't get there. Let's go back to Daniel. I want us to um, hopefully get out of this passage of Scripture um, some characteristics of that we learn from Antiochus Epiphanes and gives us an insight into the movements of the last days. <clears throat> Verse 25, it says, And through his policy he shall cause craft to prosper. Hmm. He shall cause craft or deceitfulness to prosper. Very interesting. He shall cause craft to prosper. You know, it wasn't too long ago that um, you might have to check this off for um, on the live stream, but <clears throat> wasn't too long ago that we got uh, um, canceled by uh, YouTube. And the reason we got canceled by YouTube is because we talked about um, the pandemic, and we talked about the vaccines and uh, what was behind the vaccines, and we got canceled. Well, now... And, uh, and the mass. Now, science is coming out, finally coming out, finally coming out, about uh, um, the death rate and the heart uh, problems and uh, all that's associated with uh, the vaccines and the whole uh, pandemic and how it was all organized by the deep state and that anybody who spoke against it was canceled, was censored. You know, until recently, we didn't understand what disinformation was. We didn't understand what disinformation was. You know, disinformation, the campaign of disinformation, uh, is, the, is the campaign of the Antichrist. Through him, deceit will prosper. 
And I'm thinking of the fact that we had 50 uh, high-ranking intelligence agents, or men in government, even heads of CIA, former heads, Brennan and all these fellows, 50 of them signed a document saying that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian in disinformation. You talk about the height of lies, the height of deception. That is the day that we live in. Day of lies. And the Bible tells us that this is exactly um, what the Antichrist will bring about. He will cause craft to prosper, deceit. And people can't even know what the truth is. I guarantee you, look up almost any subject on the internet. And you will find as many articles saying one thing and as many articles as saying the exact opposite. Whether it's spiritual subject or whether it's a political subject or whoever it is, look up some, some person and you will find whatever you want to find, uh, whatever side you want to be on, you can find it. Because there is a battle against truth. And you know, we've had a battle against truth for, in the spiritual world for a number of years. And um, it is uh, the, uh, the um, battle against the Bible has been waging uh, for decades. And uh, um, there are those religious leaders who for decades have said, the Bible isn't the Word of God. The Bible isn't true. The Bible was written by man. And, of course, I'll tell you a story. Uh, when we first moved to McQuanago, Billy Graham had a crusade, and the Methodist Church in, in uh, North Prairie took a bus uh, to the crusade. And our neighbor, I went to talk to him. Um, he said, well, I went to the crusade, and I got saved. And I thought, okay. Well, uh, I kept talking to him, and uh, um, a couple weeks, about six months later, um, I was talking to him. I noticed that his enthusiasm was pretty, you know, cool now. And, uh, and he says, you know, um, Joseph was around when Jesus was born. Well, what has his preacher said? His preacher from the Methodist Church in North Prairie told him that Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, but Jesus was born of fornication. Well, yeah, talk about misinformation campaign, right? And uh, um, that's been taking place for a long time, a misinformation campaign by these liberal churches. And that's why Billy Graham Crusades were always made a big mistake because they brought these liberal churches to help them in their campaign, then they go back to these churches and, and the, the soul of these people, you know, took, take a newborn chick and put it under a dead hen, what's going to happen? So we have the battle against truth, the battle, the misinformation campaign. But notice, 
the Antichrist, the Antiochus Epiphanes, had a battle against Jesus Christ, the Prince of Priests. And you know what? How does that battle take place? That battle takes place against the religion of Jesus. That battle takes place against the people of Jesus Christ. And that battle gets, takes place against the morals and the values of, of uh, Jesus Christ. So how did Antichrist go against the religion of Jesus Christ? Forbid the temple sacrifice. Forbid circumcision. Forbid um, uh, the Sabbath observance. Uh, in the in the synagogue, it was against all forms of religion. It was against um, reading the Bible and having a Bible. Against now. Oh, don't you think that uh, nineteen uh, was it sixty? Uh, the the Supreme Court decision to ban the Bible from the public school. Don't you think? that uh, is a part of, and it's similar to, the banning of the Bible from the public? Of course it is. Of course it is. There's a relationship between that. Now, I was thinking about this, a battle against truth. I got to say this, misinformation. You know, we had some wonderful men here from working to straighten out the public school. But you know, I can't get over the fact that the biggest lie that has ever been told is still central in the public school. And you know what that big lie is? Evolution. The biggest lie ever foisted on mankind is the lie of evolution. And they're still teaching it. The biggest lie ever foisted on mankind almost is the lie of evolution. It's the primary part of the public school. And if they're going to change the public school, they've got to get rid of evolution. Because it's a lie. There isn't one ounce of truth to it. Zero. Now, again, this is giving us insight. Well, when did this big lie get foisted on mankind? 1900s. Oh, really? You mean after all these thousands of years of history, this lie has come at near the end? Yeah, it came near the end. It's all a part of the agenda. Now, let me get on another hobby horse I have. The culture of the people of God. How blasphemous can it be to get the priests whose garments are from the neck to the ankle to wrestle naked in public? How blasphemous is that?
and in the name of what? Sports. In the name of sports. Can you imagine that the Western culture, one of the main things of the Western culture is almost near nakedness performing sports. Almost near nakedness. What is it? It is the attack upon the morals, the values of God. That's what it is. When our missionaries, the Simonsons, went to Kenya, a former missionary to Kenya who was the head of the mission, he said to me, Pastor, you know, when the missionaries went to Kenya with the gospel, they told the people to put on clothes. Yeah, they were running around half naked. He says, but you know what? Now, the missionaries are telling the people to take off their clothes. And when I went to Kenya for the first time in 1990, I saw it to be true. I did not see one person that was not fully clothed. Not one Kenyan that was fully clothed. I'm talking about men and women. In fact, um, as uh, in 1990, they didn't have all the matatus and the public transportation, so the ladies and most people walked wherever they went. I saw probably 500,000 people walking alongside the highway, going to where they're going. I did not see one lady, I did not see one lady that didn't have a dress on. I didn't see one lady with a tight skirt on. I didn't see any lady immodest. <clears throat> but when I went to, saw some missionaries, some of the most immodest kids I saw were the missionary kids, not our missionaries. Wow. You talk about the breakdown of Christian morals and attack of the last days is taking place. It's already started. It's already started. It's all leading up to this. And um, pretty soon, it's going to be more and more persecution against anybody who stands for God. How many people will lose their job because they won't be involved in diversity training? How many people will lose their job? Think of this lady from Virginia. Uh, was it an attorney general? Uh, called this transgender, uh, said, sir! And he got up and stormed out because didn't use the proper pronoun. Well, you know what it is? It's all an attack upon God 
That's what it is, an attack upon God. <clears throat> now, we can make an application. This is from history. But the Bible says, but they overcame him by the word of their testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. They overcame them by the word of their testimony, boldly proclaiming Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. That is the need of the hour. People who will stand up for Jesus Christ and for the truth and boldly proclaim the truth no matter what the cost. But think of the, the miracle of Judas Maccabeus. One man... One priest, Jewish priest, decides to stand up against the Greek Empire. One, one last priest. Has to flee to the mountains for life. And <clears throat> in the end, the resistance movement defeated the greatest army on the face of the earth at that time, the Grecian army. Book of Maccabees tells about the miraculous intervention of God on the behalf of those who, did, who stood for God. And I, do, I believe it was a miraculous intervention. Do you mean to tell me that God can't miraculously intervene for people today who will do right? Amen, he can. God is still alive. Amen? God is still alive. He is always looking for someone who is willing to stand up for truth and pay the price no matter what it will be. And that's the lesson we have. Yes, the days will be darker. And... Everything is trending towards exactly what the Bible says. It's not going to change. Face it. But that doesn't mean we have to be defeated. Amen? That, mean, that doesn't mean we can't see God work miraculously. That doesn't mean that God can't work miraculously in your family. Amen? That doesn't mean that God can't use you miraculously. Yes, God is still alive. Amen? And he's just waiting and looking for that person who is willing, those people who are willing to do what is right for God. Now, you know, the key is being saved. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. You know, the key is being saved. The Bible says in 2 Timothy, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. You know, God gives you uh, uh, power and gives you that uh, ability to stand up for what is right. You know, when you're unsaved, you're just going to wilt. But when you're saved, 
you can stand up for what is right. And you can see God work. And so um, today I just want to encourage you, if you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, that is where you have to start. Amen? And i got to share a testimony with you. Um, I'm going to share Zach's testimony today. Um, uh, Zach, every week, goes to the university, and he's about in the same spot uh, at the university, passing out tracts, witnessing. And uh, um, uh, this week, someone, he, he said to a, he said, greeted a fellow, and the guy says to him, you know, um, uh, I've been wondering who you are. We've been talking among ourselves. Who, who is this guy that's out there all the time? And he says, you know, he said, I've been meaning to talk to you. I want to talk to you. He says, uh, for years, I have been an atheist. But recently, I've been thinking about God. And I've been having dreams about God. And I want to talk to you. Isn't that God? Isn't that how God works? God is still on the throne. Amen? And he's looking for people who are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And young people, I want to encourage you, live for God. Don't succumb to this wicked culture. You don't have to go with the tide. Praise the Lord. You don't have to go with the tide. You don't have to dress like the world. You don't have to act like the world. You don't have to get involved in all the, 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 the things of the world that's trying to destroy uh, the things of God. You don't have to get, you got to open up your eyes and see what's happening. On the other hand, push forward for God. Talk about God. Live for God. Try to uh, influence as many people as you can for God. We can, we can go on, but we better close now. Let's pray. Lord, Thank you for the insights of the Word of God. Lord, this is such a big chapter. So much could be said that wasn't said. But I pray that, Lord, that this chapter be open to the people of God. And they'll understand um, uh, what it's saying. And they will get a picture of the fact that these things are, are, are foreshadowed. Even today, we see them happening. It's not an accident. The devil is working. And, Lord the people of God would be deceived if it wasn't for the fact that the Spirit of God has given them light and a new heart and a new understanding. And Lord, help people to have their eyes open to what is happening to be today and not to be led astray by the spirit of the times, which is the spirit of the Antichrist who yet to come. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I wonder today, if you died right now, do you know for sure you go to heaven? Do you know for sure you go to heaven? Are you ready to go to the wrong place? I hope you don't want to go to the wrong place. Christ died to save you from that place. You can be saved. And today is a good day to get saved. And uh, this world is, is uh, um, going down and it's going against God. And you don't want to go down with it. And maybe you're here today say, I'm not saved. I need to be saved. And uh, God is speaking to your heart. You say, you know, today's the day. I need to accept Christ as my Savior. Pastor, would you pray for me? Anyone here today, raise your hand wherever you might be. 
I'm here today. I know I need to get saved. Would you just raise your hand wherever you might be? I'm not saved. I need to be. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I never saw it this way before. But I see how the world is going in a direction that's anti-God. And maybe you have finally got caught up in that movement. Maybe you got caught up in, in the, the immodesty of the hour. Maybe you got caught up in, in, in uh, uh, the trends of the hour. But it's, a, it's a, a, a trend against the morals of God and what is right and wrong before the Lord. And you say, you know, God's speaking to me. That I got to, um, there's some things in my life that uh, are a part of this downward culture. And I'm not going to be a part of it anymore. I'm not going to be a part of it anymore. I want to be more like God. I want to be more pleasing to God. I want to follow a culture that is empowered by the devil. I want to follow a life uh, that's taught in the Bible where Christ is first. And God has spoken to your heart today about not following the culture, but getting back to the Bible and the lifestyle and the morals of the Bible. And you say, Pastor, pray for me. God has spoken my heart about that. Anyone here today? Okay, praise the Lord. Others, amen. God has spoken to me. I'm not going to be following this culture. I'm going to stand up, go the opposite direction. God has spoken to your heart. Well, praise the Lord. Others, God is trying to speak to your heart, wake you up about it. Anyone else? Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? Um, I've, been, I've been too shy in standing up for God. I've been too shy. I haven't been the witness like I ought to be. I haven't been speaking up for God like I ought to. I've just been trying to, you know, not get too noticed. And God is speaking to me of being about a bold witness for Christ in this day of darkness, but a great opportunity to serve God. Anyone, God has spoken to your heart about that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Lord, thank you for your word, and pray you bless these important decisions today, and may, Lord, your Holy Spirit lead us and empower us to live for you in these dark but great opportunist days. In Jesus' name, amen. And we're still going to give you an invitation. If you're not saved, I uh, hope that you'll, as we sing this song, you'll get up where you are and uh, come forward and have someone show you from the Bible how you can accept Christ. All right, please turn to him. 414, am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? Let's stand, please, him. 414. Am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? And shall I fear to own His cause, or watch to speak His name?
that pew need to make that decision for the Lord. If you're not saved, still time to come and walk that aisle and say, Pastor, I need to get saved today. Sing that last stanza. Sure, Safety as we go and bring it back this evening. 